think about how delicately you hold your baby, you dress your baby, and you feed your baby. We do that because they're adorable, of course, but also because their skin is delicate. Know this. There is only one diaper brand that we recommend to give you the gentle protective care your little one needs. And that's Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Their Swaddler's diaper absorbs wetness better versus the leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection to keep your baby's skin dry, healthy, and beautiful. And when you use Swaddler's in tandem with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, you'll keep your baby's skin healthy. The wipes are made from 100% plant-based cloth, and you won't have to worry about tearing. With Free and Gentle, mess meets its match. That's right. So download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. If you want to learn something new, would you rather learn it on your own, from a random teacher, or from folks who are the best of the best in that skill? I think I know which option most of you would choose. That's made possible by Masterclass. In recent months, they've added classes from the likes of Ava DuVernay, who gives us tips on how to reframe our thinking in all walks of life. One of our personal favorites recently was the one-on-one time we got with Amy Poehler in her class on preparing to be unprepared. So good. With Ava DuVernay. With over 180 world-class instructors and a 30-day money-back guarantee for new members, there's no reason not to get started today. And right now, our listeners will get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash hard things. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash hard things. Masterclass.com slash hard things. Pod Squad, there's something we need to ask you to do today that would mean so much to us. And that is take 30 seconds to make sure you're following the show. This weird thing happened with the Apple updates and it's kicked a lot of people out of the pause squad. They've been paused. And so we need you to make sure you're not paused. I was. I mean, I was paused out of my own pod squad. I know you were. So to check to see if this happened to you, Apple listeners, listen up. Open your podcast app, search We Can Do Hard Things, and select the show page. In the top right corner, you may see a pause symbol. Tap the pause symbol to resume, please. If you see a download symbol, you can go to the settings and automatically download episodes. And if you see a plus symbol, please tap to follow the show. So if you do this, the new episodes just come up in your feed. And this is really helpful to you because you never miss an episode. It's also really helpful to us. It actually matters to us when you listen to the pod. It makes a big difference. So thank you so much. Go to We Can Do Hard Things show page on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, or wherever you listen to podcasts and tap the plus sign in the upper right-hand corner or click on follow. And you know what? Tell your friends, maybe send them a link to your favorite episode or to the show. We love you. We appreciate you so much, Pod Squad. really do. Thank you, Pod Squad. Unpause. Unpause us. Welcome back to We Can Do Hard Things. We have our bestie here back with us today. The the love monk. The just... I love that. Just incredible force of vulnerability and love and friendship. And one of the dearest people that has ever... Walked the earth. To us, yes. And to no, so many people. To the world. And to I'm whom y'all have to go back and listen to the previous podcast that we just aired with Liz to understand this one. But what we're doing is we're talking about this um, way of life, spiritual practice, part of recovery that Liz has embarked upon herself. And as she always does, she figures shit out. Then we watch her do it. Then fucking millions of people start doing it. <laughs> it's just what <laughs> I feel like you're like doing a startup. I've been watching all these like Netflix startup documentaries that are all over the place. But I feel like I'm always like I'm employee number two with Liz. Right? Yes. Like I'm, I co- 
right after. <laughs> and then, anyway. It's a pyramid scheme of love. <laughs> it's a pyramid scheme of love. Oh my God, I love that so much. But it's really interesting when you think about the fact of like, if you're going to be somebody who thinks they're going to, they're looking for love everywhere. You call it this intense love hunger or insatiable love hunger. You might do something like, you know, become one of time's most influential people in the world. You might become a a person who is called beloved by millions and millions of people all over the country. You gave it the old college try to get love <laughs> from the mat. Like if it were going to work, it would have worked for you, right? Yes, I am here. So you don't have to do all this. I'm here to tell you. (laughs) But look, we we know this because how many people who are called beloved by the world take their own lives? Right. Being loved by others, whether those people are your intimate, most intimate friends, family, support system, lovers, partners, or, you know, millions of strangers is not an inoculation against Mm self-hatred and it's not an inoculation against waking up at three o'clock in the morning, just in the grip of existential fear. Mm -hmm. And it's not an inoculation against shame. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter how many people tell me that I do not need to walk around being ashamed of myself. This was programmed into me for whatever reason, whether it's karmic, whether it's biological, whether it's psychological, whether it's an ancestral wound, whether it's because of capitalism or Christianity, I don't know. And it doesn't really matter, mm-hmm. but I carry an enormous shame wound and only love can heal it and not someone else's. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no matter how good they might be at it, no matter how earnestly they may mean it, no matter how much I may believe that they may, may mean it, mm-hmm. they can't reach that place. Mm-hmm. This is the only practice that I have ever had that reaches that place. And Abby, on the last episode, read the letter that she wrote to herself from love. And I meant to ask you what your physiological state was like after that, mm-hmm. because this practice does something to my nervous system mm-hmm. that nothing else can really do. It stills me. Yeah at a level that nothing else can do. It calms me. That's right. I think that that is true. I sat there and it just, boom, came out. It was like breathing. Hmm. Like I was breathing. You know, they say God is in, is in breath. I felt like I was, I could breathe. Hmm. And when I think about like even reading it, I, I am a very anxious public reader and I killed reading that letter Crushed publicly. It. And because Crushed it wasn't from me, it was le- it was from love. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, it was. I was like, what the hell is happening? My sister was like, what would love have you read today? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you know how in the prayer of St. Francis, it says, um, God, make me a channel of thy peace. Mm-hmm. And for something to be a channel, it has to be empty. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right? Because something has to come through it. So there's like, something of Abby stepped away so that this thing could come through. That's right. Right. And, and that's what we try to do with art. It's what we try to do in sports. I'm sure Mm -hmm. it's like, we don't need you out there with your head in the game. We need you not there Mm -hmm. so that this thing can flow. That's right. Mm -hmm. And it's like this beautiful story. I met this woman one time who was a dancer and she, she was in her fifties when I met her. And when she was a teenager, she came to New York and Martha Graham, the greatest modern dance choreography of the choreographer of the century loved her and was like, Oh, I'm going to choreograph a ballet for you. And it's Joan of Arc. And here you are 18 years old from like nowhere. And you're going to debut my ballet Joan of Arc at Lincoln center. And you're going to be Joan of Arc because that's how I see you. And this dancer told me that the night of the, the, of the debut of this thing, the opening night, she was standing in the wings at Lincoln Center with like all of New York's dance mafia there (laughs) to watch this debut of this Martha Graham dance. And she's supposed to be fucking Joan of Arc. And she said she was shaking so hard with fear that like her knees were literally knocking. And she's like, how can I dance? I can't even stop shaking. And she said she did this earnest, earnest prayer. And she said, I meant every word of it. And I prayed to God, please 
open up a hole in the earth and swallow me so that I don't have to be here and I don't have to exist. And she said, and God did that. A hole in the earth opened and I was swallowed and Joan of Arc walked out onto stage. Oh, chills all over my body. That is the best way to explain how athletes do impossible things. That is the only way to explain it. It's like you have to surrender and let love. The thing do. And you love. let the thing do. Yep. And people are like, how did you do that? And I oftentimes my answer was, I don't know. I wasn't there. Yeah. Because I do black out. I, did, I, I don't remember those moments. I don't remember writing the signature of all things. I remember writing all my memoirs, but I don't remember writing my novels. I wasn't there. I was there for the research, but I wasn't there for the writing. I don't know. I just wasn't there. It's amazing. It's incredible. And I wanted also, because some people don't know what Substack is, and I thought, yeah. I just wanted to take a second and say what that is, because we keep saying that word, because I didn't know what it was until very recently. But many of us have been looking for an alternative way of communicating with each other that is not social media, mm-hmm. because social media started off really fun. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit like all drugs. Mm-hmm. It started off really fun. And then we found out, oh, this algorithm was made to make us addicted to it. Mm-hmm. And also it's destroying democracy and also it's destroying women and girls. And this is a really dangerous and it's turned into this venomous teethed monster where also I no longer feel comfortable being vulnerable on social media mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I don't feel like that's a safe place anymore. And it used to feel like that, but it doesn't feel like that anymore. But I miss communicating with my readers. Mm-hmm. And so there's this company called Substack that started up a few years ago where a lot of writers are are migrating over to it. And what I love is it's a reverse technology. It's essentially a blog. Mm -hmm. So we're going back to monastery. Like we're going back to like, I'm going to send you an email. Mm -hmm. You're going to sign up for my email and I'm going to send you an email. And in this email, I'm going to tell you stuff. Like it's, I love that we're like Mm -hmm. backtracking. We're like, that seemed to maybe have been the better idea. Right. Mm -hmm. And the reason it's such a wonderful community is because you have to sign up for it. Nobody signs up for something to be a troll. I know. Um, and and so the community itself is safer. So so I've been thinking for years about doing it, but until I came up with this idea like, oh, I want to teach letters from love. Mm-hmm. So then I created this thing on Substack that's the letters from love community and people are signing up and they can share the letters that they're writing and it's a safe space because there's no internet trolls there. So that's another reason why it's working is because people can be vulnerable in public but within a walled garden. Mm. That's how I think of it. It's like a walled garden. So that's what that thing is. Um, Just in case you're like, what is that thing? And it's (laughs) pretty easy to do. I don't know any of those things and I could sign up really easily and- and it's mm-hmm. but you can see it's easy. people come. And there's a lot of great writers doing yeah. stuff. George Saunders is there teaching yeah. about Russian literature. And everyone's moving their like passion projects over mm. there because it's a safer space. Jenna Watts is there doing her mm-hmm. thing. It's all Nadia yeah, her letter. is there. Nadia. Nadia yeah. Boltzweber. Yeah, Nadia's there. Yeah. I would like to just give a big thanks to Liz's Letters from Love Substack community because you wrote and said, who do you want to write a letter from love? And they said that they would like for me to write a letter from love. Is that correct? And they so did. I, they, the, you were the foremost, you were the most named person that they wanted to hear from. But I will also have, you know, we got a lot of calls for sister. Oh, yeah. We got a lot of calls for Abby as well. So yo. sister, you're up. But like, I'm, I'm coming for you. Love is coming I, for you, I, sister. I, I will surrender, maybe not to love, but I will surrender to Liz Gilbert. <laughs> Well, you have to create your so, higher power that you can deal with. So Liz can be your higher power. Oh I my will God. say it's intellectually honest. I'm a skeptic mind, but anyone, I feel like people, if people think, oh, woo, woo, you're just listening to voices and then letting them tell you what to do. Also, that is what we do all day. Yeah. That's right. We just Literally listen all day. to our thoughts who are telling Literally us. Literally all day. Yes. <laughs> You're a piece of shit. Your person isn't doing what they're supposed to do. You're Your stupid. Kid is You're a unlovable. Whatever. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and we're letting those thoughts direct our behaviors and feelings all day long. So this, this is just really like a replacement theory. Wow. Yeah. Let's Good just point. listen Get to Get better voices. That's Get what it could voices. be called. Get better voices. You're going to be listening to them anyway. I'm in. I'll do it. Liz asked me to do this. I said no, but then when she told me that the community wanted me to do it, 
then I was flattered. <laughs> then I said, oh, shucks. Okay, I'll try. So, oh, Abby's laughing because I just, Liz, I, as I told you, I just, I was exhausting to love. <laughs> I was exhausting for this process because first I had to like figure it out. You know how I do this, right? So I had to figure out what, how to do this. There was no, just like Abby just sat down and was like, surrender to love. No, I was like, I need to plan this. So I, I picked a day that was far enough away that I was going to surrender to love. And then I, I, I was like, I'm going to surrender to love. I had it blocked out seven to nine. Yep. Right. Seven to nine. I'm surrendering to fucking love. Okay. Um, so seven to nine on a Thursday, I'm surrendering to love. So, Just real quick question, Glennon, um, from nine to 10, do you have that blocked in for spontaneous activities? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That's, that's when I'm creative. Okay. I have, I've got a lot going on in here. I got to reel it in. I got to put guardrails up. That Structure. channel you were talking about, she's got a lot to clear out of I that channel a lot before of anything's channels. coming through. Okay. So I sit down at seven. I, I can't channel love from upstairs in the kitchen. It's not working. So then I go to the office. I try to channel love from the office. Love's not fucking coming. So then I go get in bed. I'm like, maybe love needs me cozy. Okay. So I snuggle into bed with my computer and I wrote a letter from love and I was just didn't like it. And I didn't think it was really from love. So then I sent it to Liz with the subject line. Here's my stupid fraudulent letter. Right. <laughs> Which is a, vo- that's a voice she believes, by the way. <laughs> witness. Yeah, exactly. Witness that. Get better voices. I'm stupid and fraudulent. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> right. So what I want you to know is that I understood that that wasn't the experience you were trying to have me have. Okay. <laughs> I did know based on your texts, even though you were being encouraging, that I, I had not nailed it. <laughs> I stepped away from Thursday knowing I had not nailed it. But I, I'm not going to disappoint God. I'm not going to disappoint Liz, but I'm really not going to fucking disappoint Margaret. Yeah. So, (laughs) so Margaret's my best friend who I do this, this newsletter with. Right. Uh So I was like, Doyle, you will, you will figure this out. And I, and I knew I would, if I just stuck with it, stuck with it, stuck with it, stuck with it. (laughs) So, right. Here's what I figured out, Liz. And and, and if anyone needs to, to use this framework to approach letters from love, please feel free to borrow it because this is how I was able to make it real for myself to the point where I feel like now it's going to be utterly life-changing. I think, felt like I was sitting down trying to channel this like outer being and I feel like I was just acting or something. I was just like trying to act out somebody that sounded a lot like the letters that you write or the letters that Abby writes. I just was like, I had a lot of honeys and got and stuff in there. It didn't feel real. And then I realized I'm doing a lot in therapy with IFS, with like internal family system stuff where I'm figuring out, okay, there's a lot of different parts of me, voices, you know, whatever, all these different, I'm more of a community than an individual, right? inside of me. I can understand myself more as a community, a part who wants to control, a part who wants to hide, a part who wants to, you know, but there is this self capital S, which is like the wisest. It's like, if there's a, if I'm sitting at a, at a conference table and all of myself are at that conference table and all of my little sweet parts are trying to get control or trying to hide or trying to be seen, there is like a person at the head of the table that's listening to all the other parts and is taking in all that they need, but is the wisest of us, is like the part of me that is not traumatized, the part of me that is not needy, the part of me that is just whole and wise and will gather information and make the best decision based on the fact that, they, that that she knows a little bit more than everybody else at that table. And that that self is 
connected to this bigger communal self in the whole world. It's like that part is like a little bucket of the ocean that was scooped out and put in me, but it's like also the whole ocean. Mm. So there's a God part in me that is connected to a God part outside of me and in everybody else. Mm -hmm. And somehow I know everything in that because if I tap into that little part of myself and it's the same God part in me that's in Abby and in sister and in Liz and in every single person that's listening. So that's why it kind of all sounds the same. So I'm tapping into the God in me that is also the God without me and in you and that I'm able to write from that place. That makes sense. Right? Yes. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yes. All right. All right. How else would it be? I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) How else would it be? That's a good question. Well, I think that when people think of I'm writing, I'm talking to God, there's some outer voice that, that we think we're waiting for that, you know, people in church told me it sounded a certain way. So like if I'm listening for God 20 years ago, when I'm sitting in the evangelical church, it would say certain words like uh, what I've put on your heart or what I've convicted you to do. It has certain language. So we're, we're manipulating it to sound like the God that other people taught us. It would sound like like an imitation, an imitation. Right. Right. Yep. Yep. So I put away the imitation and mm. just asked for myself at the head of the table, my wisest That's self, right. my gaudiest self, the one who knows inside of me to speak. And then yes. I wrote a different letter and sent it to you. And you were like, okay, that's it. <laughs> right? I think what I said was both of them sounded like love to me. Okay. There was nothing in that first letter that wasn't loving. Right. There was nothing in that first letter that didn't sound like truth. You know, that was all love. That was all loving truth. There was nothing in there mm-hmm. that was wrong. Mm-hmm. But the second letter sounded like God dwells within you as you. The second letter sounded like God speaking through Glennon as Glennon mm-hmm. to Glennon. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the magic spot right there mm-hmm. because that's, the only trustworthy voice, I think, mm-hmm. you know, and anything that doesn't sound like that isn't yours. Mm-hmm. That's how you know it's yours because it's your voice. Um, but it's just a little bit wiser and a little bit kinder mm-hmm. and a little bit more generous and a lot calmer yes. than the voices that you're normally listening to. Mm-hmm. And I liked when you just said, it just knows a little bit more. It doesn't have to know everything. It just needs to know a little bit more mm-hmm. than the other parts mm-hmm. to be the leader of those parts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's how I felt. It was like, oh, this is, and I, I had said before, I said it in the last episode two, like nobody should ever surrender to a God who was forced upon them mm-hmm. because that, like, why would you give your life to something that was forced upon you? Mm-hmm. But you can give your life to something that wells up organically from within you, knows you so intimately. Um, Nadia Boltz-Weber once said that a friend of hers was asked one time, what does God's presence feel like? And, and they said, to be with God is to feel the feeling of relaxing completely in the presence of somebody who's incredibly fond of you. Mm. And I don't think many people were raised with that idea. <laughs> <laughs> to put it, you could to, you could to, stop and just relax completely. Yeah, that <laughs> just not even the rest of it. Be on guard in the presence yeah. of someone who <laughs> thinks you're evil. <laughs> that is and is and is going God. to punish you if you make a single mistake, right? Like what James Joyce called the hangman god, right? Like that's not mm-hmm. who could relax in the presence of the hangman. Mm-hmm. And so that feeling of like I'm with something right now that is so fond of me. Mm. Like it knows everything I've ever done. It knows every mistake I've ever made. It knows every malicious, petty, bullshit thought I've ever had. Like there's no hiding from it because it's within me. Mm-hmm. And it's perched there within me, just like, oh, how much I just love being with you. And I also love, Glennon, that you didn't, what didn't feel authentic to you 
was a God who is full of tender endearments. Um, one of the tricks that I offer to people when they're writing letters from love is to like write to themselves with endearments because that seems to work for me. That softens my heart to myself. So like my little honey head, my, but I talk to everybody that way, right? Mm-hmm. My little honey head. The other day it was like, God was like my little crumpled up piece of gum wrapper. I love you so much. Like these like li- really sweet little tender things, right? There's a part of you that's very suspicious of that. Mm-hmm. And therefore that God part of you knew better yes. than to come at you with treacle and and sweetness because your skeptical mind would reject that as false. It doesn't feel authentic. So your God's probably not going to talk to you that way. Yeah, You know, your God's going to be like, listen, I'm going to break it down for you. This is how everything works, yes. right? Like, cause that's what you long for. Like I long for, am I loved? Mm-hmm. Am I safe? Mm-hmm. Glennon longs for how does everything work? Mm-hmm. Right? So you have a higher power who's like, I'll show you. Yes. This is what this, oh, you have this intractable problem. I'll tell you, here's how it works. You want the whole encyclopedia. Mm-hmm. I just want the great mother. Mm-hmm. And like this, the day may come when you need the great mother yeah. and when love then appears to you in that really soft, nurturing way. But for now, that's not what you're longing for. Yeah. You know, you want answers. And it sounded like in that second letter, you got some. <laughs> yeah. You well, got some answers. Well, I wrote to love the first one and then basically... I was like, what? Stop patronizing me, love. (laughs) (laughs) Quick math. The less your business spends on operations and multiple systems, the more margin you have and the more of your hard-earned money you get to keep. But with higher expenses than ever on things like materials and distribution, everything just costs more. That's why smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. You'll reduce IT costs. You'll cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems and you'll improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks, and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move and expenses don't slow down. So why should you? By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash hard things. netsuite.com slash hard things. That's netsuite.com slash hard things. There's a lot of subscription-based stuff nowadays, which is great. You might get one as a gift. You might really want to try something during a trial period. You might even make the occasional impulse buy. But what happens when you forget you signed up for this platform or need to cancel after the trial period on the platform? For me, I can never even find where I signed up to begin with. It gets overwhelming, but Rocket Money is here to help. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills so you can grow your savings. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of 500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash hard things. That's rocketmoney.com slash hard things. Rocketmoney.com slash hard things. Okay. I'm going to read you. I'm going to read you the letter. I mean, love for me just started with, okay. There was no. no, That tracks. That's how Glennon's love shows up. Okay. Cool. Stop. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Let's talk about forgiveness in quotes, which I was thrilled and delighted about because I have been dying for someone to explain forgiveness to me for so long. Right? What are the chances? (laughs) I know. Okay. Anyway. Okay. Let's talk about quote forgiveness. I love that you're still chasing this idea. I love that you absolutely refuse to pretend to understand it. 
I love that you let ideas you don't yet understand drive you absolutely nuts. These big ideas like forgiveness, they flash around on the periphery of your mind like the sliver of silver on a fish's back or a shooting star you think you saw or a firefly that was right there. Wait, now it's over there. Wait, where'd it go? Some are okay with these glimpses. They go on. But you, Glennon, you can't go on until you've chased down and trapped the firefly of an idea in a jar and you've stared at it so long that you know it's real, that you understand it in your bones, that you testify to it even. Sometimes the firefly idea suffocates to death in your jar. That is true. But still, I love this about you. It's what makes our relationship so promising. Because you're always right on my heels, Glennon. It's funny, though. You've never before invited me to stop. You just keep chasing me. You've never before said, wait, sit down with me so I can ask you my questions and you can tell me what you know. You actually don't have to keep chasing and killing fireflies. We can just talk and I'll tell you all about them. Let's start with forgiveness. You're right not to believe in forgiveness, but not because it's not real. It's just never once been explained to you correctly. You just don't believe in the wrong version of forgiveness. Well done. Let's first review all those forgiveness ideas you've rejected because they died in your jar. You're right. (laughs) It's not about letting go. It's not about finally understanding. It's not about deciding if something someone did to you is right or wrong. It's not about not feeling mad anymore. It's not a gift to bestow or withhold. It has absolutely nothing to do with decisions or feelings or actions or relationships. It's not about being a bigger person or a good person or morality. Forgiveness is about distance. It's about perspective. It's about zooming out. Remember those highlight magazines you used to read over and over again when you were little because it was the only reading material at the babysitter's house? (laughs) Remember the pages at the end that had those little puzzles? One was called something like Magic Picture, and the idea was you'd study a picture of something indecipherable impossible to identify. There was one magic picture you stared at for hours to try to figure out. It was swirly and glimmery with tiny silver lines flashing throughout. It looked to you like magical crystal and purple mountains or hills with rivers traversing them. You finally turned the page to see the follow-up picture, which was the big reveal, the answer, the key, which was simply the exact same image, but zoomed out a thousand times. And you saw now that it was an entire forest with one humongous tree, with one massive leaf upon which one dragonfly was perched, attached to which there were two beautiful wings made up of those shimmery purple mountains that were actually the scales of a dragonfly's wing. It's been 40 years. And you still remember both of those images, like they were the most important pictures you'd ever seen. Here's why. For today. So I could use them to help you understand forgiveness. Forgiveness is not deciding whether your father's anger was right or wrong, okay or not okay. It's looking at one of those moments. You are 13. He is yelling. You are afraid. A magic picture. And then, eventually, after you've looked at that moment for years, decades maybe, however long it takes to let that scared little girl speak, to say every last thing she needs to say about how confused and lonely she was, about how she wishes it were different, about what she needed and didn't get after she said every last thing she needs to say and assures you that she feels heard and safe and can promise you that after all of that, it's turning the page. 
It's zooming out a thousand times. It's seeing the same image, but now it's an entire timeline you're seeing. And maybe now you also see him when he was 10 and it's him and his father. And it's not just yelling, it's hitting too. And then it's his father with his father and he's small and hungry and afraid. And now it's his father and they're on a ship fleeing a famine and it's his father with his father. And none of it is okay or not okay. You see, it's all just what is and has been. You just see all of what is and has been. If you want to know what God is, God is just a better view. And forgiveness is just zooming out a thousand times until you have my view. My view is just, you know that thing you have called Google Earth? You can Google one address and zero in on it, and then you can zoom out till you see the street and then the neighborhood and then the continent and now the planet from a point in outer space. My view is just, it's it's like I can Google Earth, every last one of you, and then zoom out forever until I see not just your planet, but the entire universe, and then the beginning of time till the end of time all at once. And I promise you, from where I stand, Every single last one of you makes perfect, perfect sense. Mm. That's why you people have to think of heaven as so far above, because you know that heaven is just perspective. Someday you'll have a perspective like mine wide enough to hold the whole world and you'll forgive Mm. everybody then. It'll be automatic. It's just Mm. what happens when you can see. For now, you just keep zooming out. Just stand back and see everybody and especially yourself as wide and as high as you possibly can. You make perfect sense. Your father makes perfect sense. Every last one of you does. Every single one of you is just a magic picture. And I get to see the second image. And that is forgiveness. I'm just crying over here like I did on the I know, plane. This is an audio format and <laughs> we probably shouldn't be silent, but I take off my mm-hmm. shoes. It's some holy shit we're doing right now. Oh wow. Your magic. That was something else. So I did feel you know what's interesting is like I was like I should just ask for my wisest self to write more often. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't gonna say anything, but I was like, "Is it time for a book about this? Is this a chapter?" Well, it is. I mean, <laughs> you know that I've been scared to write again. Like, I just lots of reasons, hmm. but I did think, "Oh my god, I could just have my." Why is this self right? But then I could also have my parts right. Everybody's invited. I mean, that's what I heard in that letter. Yeah. Nobody's excluded. I do want to thank you because that's what I want to say. I just felt very reopened and it made me trust myself in writing again. It made me feel like I could write from a different place. Mm. Is that the best way that I can say it? And for so long, I felt, I started to feel very scared of writing. And, and I don't think, I don't, I don't feel scared like in a way of, oh, you know, a bunch of people read Untamed and now I'm scared to write again. Not like that at all. Like I felt like I had taken such great liberties for so long in writing. Like I had taken the people in my life and like pinned them down like they were butterflies, like mm. said, this is what it means. And this is what you mean. And this is what, and I f- started to feel like, it's why the podcast became so important to me because I felt like I wasn't pinning anybody down. Like I was just exploring ideas and I wasn't deciding anything for anybody. And this made me feel like maybe I could just write with such generosity that it would be okay again. I don't know. Most of us think you've always written with a lot of generosity, just so you know, Mm -hmm. A. And two, (laughs) (laughs) 
How did your body feel reading that letter right now? Well, it did feel completely calm, unafraid. I mean, it felt as magical as it did when I wrote it. I just can always tell when she's written something that it comes from that place. It's the way she looked for a year while writing Untamed. So this isn't like a place you've never gone to. This mm-hmm. is where you go. Mm-hmm. You just haven't visited mm-hmm. this place in a while. Yeah. Oh, so like she has this, I don't know, you you are literally radiating. I can see it. We, she was sitting in the middle seat on a Southwest flight. <laughs> we were flying to Phoenix on a soccer trip with Emma. She pulls it out and she's just pounding on her. And then she just goes, she doesn't even look at me. Proof that God could show up anywhere, even on the middle seat of Southwest flight. That's right. (laughs) She just puts the computer on my, my lap and she's like, I I did it different. And just read this. I did it different. Yeah, you did. (sighs) Yeah. I'm just thinking about, Amanda, when you asked, like, how do I know whether this is me or God or this thing called love? Like, how do I know? And, you know, I often am told in this practice, it is by the impact on your body that you shall know I am here. Mm. You know, like, because I'm not easily relaxed. I don't think any of us are in this in this conversation. I don't think any of us are super relaxed. You know, like it's not easy to still me. It's not easy to, it's really not easy to quiet my anxiety mm-hmm. um, or my hyperthinking or my racing heart or my jacked up cortisol drenched nervous system. Mm-hmm. I'm a lot of things, but I'm not a calm person. And anything that can calm me is a higher power than me Mm. because I can't calm me. Mm. You know what I I've I've been like trying my whole life to figure out how to settle down. And I really have a lot of trouble doing it. This instantly does it, Mm -hmm. you know, like I just pick up, like, here's my current notebook, but I just like pick up the notebook and I write the question in the morning, dear God, what would you have me know? And I never know what it's going to say. That's the other thing that I find so extraordinary. I'll wake up and I'll start writing it in my head. Like I'll start gaming it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah. I know what this is going to be about. I know what this is going to be about today. You know, like, and the pen starts and I'm like, wow, I didn't know that that's what we were talking about today. Mm-hmm. And instantly I settle. And I love that you did it in the middle of a, of a Southwest Airlines f- seat because one of the things I'm all, that I'm trying to do I have this new phrase that I say all the time. The supernatural is super natural. Mm. Like nothing could mm. be more natural than the supernatural. Nothing could be more natural than you getting to talk to God. This is not some yeah. esoteric thing where you have to like light a bunch <laughs> of incense and purify and cover your head. And, you know, like you can do all that if you want to, if that sets the scene, if that helps you get there, you know, but... I've written these letters in funeral homes, in hospital rooms, in on buses, on no sleep, when I had COVID. I can say this truly, there has not been one moment since this voice was revealed to me that I have reached for it and it has not been there. Mm. It doesn't care where I am. Why would it not be right there? And I think sometimes we make spirituality over precious. And we're like, I need the right kind of uh, meditation mat. And I need the right kind of yoga shoes. <laughs> I know there's no such thing as yoga <laughs> shoes. There will be yeah. now. There are now. It. You know, I need the right crystals. I need the right <laughs> incense. And look, I love all that shit. I love material. I love the, all of the accoutrement, you know, mm. like, um, but you don't need any of that. Mm. You just need the question and the earnestness to really just want to know the answer. Here's an honest question for you with what I think is a pretty easy answer. When it comes to grocery shopping, would you rather wander the aisles of a store aimlessly looking up and down your self-made list or would you rather 
take a fun quiz about your individual goals and preferences and have a personalized cart built for you. Not to mention all the recipe recommendations and home delivery that come with it. If the latter option sounds more attractive, which I think it should, it for sure does for me, then you'll want to check out Hungry Root. I loved the creamy chicken and bell pepper Alfredo that I tried. It was so yummy. And the added bonus of doing all my shopping from home made it all the better. Right now, Hungry Root is offering We Can Do Hard Things listeners 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to HungryRoot.com slash hard things to get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies for life. That's HungryRoot.com slash hard things. Don't forget to use our link so they know we sent you. So many things in our lives change, but not our love for Viore clothing. I love this ad. We're so glad that they continue to support the show. It's true. Abby is obsessed with Viore. I am a little bit too. Do you think you have a favorite item? Ugh, they're t-shirts. They never get less soft. They're just perfect for everything, for going to dinner, for actively going for a walk, for working out, whatever you want to do. They're the I, best. Actually, Sleep in them. You you wear them to work out and you wear them out to dinner. That is true. I wear Viore tops all day, every and day. And you wear them under suits and you wear them yes. to bed. It's everything. Okay. I mean, I love them, but it's not easy to find clothes that look sleek and feel comfortable. I mean- I can use them everywhere and anywhere I go. Viore is an investment in your happiness. I promise you. For our listeners, they are offering 20% off your first purchase, plus free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash hard things. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash hard things. You won't be sorry. If you've ever been in the market for a new home, you know home shopping can be a lot. There's so much you don't know and so much you need to know. I know I've been there before and I feel like I'm always expected to know everything despite having all of these questions. What are the neighborhoods like? What are the schools like? Who is the agent who knows the listing or neighborhood best? And why can't all this information just be in one place? Well, good news. Now all that info is in one place on homes.com. They've got everything you need to know about the listing itself, but even better. They've got comprehensive neighborhood guides and detailed reports about local schools with info like student-to-teacher ratios. And their agent directory helps you see the agent's current listings and sales history. Homes.com collaboration tools make it easier than ever to share all this information with your family. It's a whole cul-de-sac of home shopping information all at your fingertips. Homes.com. We've done your homework. Does it feel like for you now that the door is open all day? I relate to what Abby said about like you felt like you opened a door like just for that little time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then like you're like, okay, the door shut again and now I'm listening to, you know, my mean voices, but I'll check back in with you again tomorrow morning. Do you ask a lot during the day? Is it just like- I do. Okay. I do. I don't just write it. I ask, but also it's a door like, I was just picturing the diner where I used to work in Philadelphia, that that swinging door between the kitchen and the dining room. Mm-hmm. It's like, <laughs> it like flings open and then flings shut, and then it flings open and it flings shut. One of the things I loved so much about the, when I, when I was in India and in the ashram where I studied the, the sort of brand of Hinduism that they, of mystical Hinduism that they taught was something that is embodied in this idea that I love so much because I find it so endlessly- exciting and thrilling and joyful. And it's called the splendor of recognition, mm. which first of all is such a beautiful phrase, like the splendor of recognition. So the way that the splendor of recognition this is like an ancient, ancient idea that came out of the Himalayas is that, so God's omniscient and that's boring. <laughs> you know? Like, what do you do once you can create anything Ooh. and once you know everything? Ooh. Right? Yeah. So God's like, I'm going to play this incredible game of hide and seek with me because I'm every, there's nothing that I'm not. So there's nowhere that I'm not, but I'm going to see if I can hide myself so thoroughly from myself that I forget that I am myself. And where better to do it than than the mind of a human being, Mm. which is like 
like the most chaotic arcade game of consciousness. You know, I always think it's so funny that of all the species on earth, many of which are extremely calm, consciousness was given to the great apes who are like violent and territorial and all about status and anxiety and swing. It's like, why didn't you give it to like elephants? I mean, Mm. probably did elephants and dogs. Like, so God's like, I'm going to hide, I'm going to hide my God consciousness. The last place anybody would ever look for it inside a fucking batshit crazy human mind. And then I'm going to see whether the me that is in there can find me because it's so unlikely that I ever will. But if we do, the miraculousness of it will be so extraordinary. It's like a game of peekaboo with a baby. It's like, oh my God, I forgot. You know, I forgot that I'm divine again, (laughs) you know? And then it's like, that's the splendor of recognition. It's like, oh my God, there you were the whole time, the whole time. Oh my God, that was such a good game. Okay, now I'm going to forget again. Now I'm going to forget about divine consciousness again. And I'm going to go back to being this like compressed, angry, anxious, controlling ego. And then I'm going to hate myself so much and I'm so lost and I'm going to reach for all these things and I'm going to look for, I'm going to look for relief in all these ways. And then I'm going to get so broken. And then there's going to be this little tiny moment where I'm like, wait a minute, there was a thing. There was a thing. I forgot there was a thing. Oh, right. There was this thing. Dear God, what would you have me know right now? God's like, I was right here the whole time. LOL. LOL. God be like, I forgot I was I. I forgot thou was thou and I was I and I was thou. I forgot. I forgot. And then it's like you play that game so many times that that becomes the joyful game that God plays to keep God entertained in omniscience. Um, Because it can be argued that the only species on earth that doesn't know that it's God is humans. Mm. You know, like all like because we have this relentless self-consciousness and ego that separates us. Right. But like. Everything else knows isn't walking around separate from its experience. Like the poet David White talks about that. Like humans are the only species in the world that can wake up every day and decide to not be themselves, Mm -hmm. to not be what they are. Like a kingfisher bird can't wake up and be like, you know what? I'm just, I've just had it up to my teeth with being, I'm not going to be this thing anymore. I'm going to be something like they're, they're all fully what they are. And we're just this chaotic thing where God is constantly hiding to entertain itself. Mm. And because the joy of the finding and the rediscovering and then the losing and then the finding and then the rediscovering and the losing, what God said in your letter, Glennon, about this is why our relationship is so promising because you're always on my heels. You're always on your own heels, yes. right? You're always on your yes. own heels to almost remember what you really are. Oh my you're God. so close, right? How exciting is that? And then when you find it, it's so exciting that it genuinely makes up for all the suffering. Yes. And many of us, myself included, would say, wow, I would never wish what I went through on anybody, but I found the thing in there. Like I found the doorway in there. I would never, ever want anyone to to feel what I felt when I am so far from God and so far from self. And yet it was in there that something remembered itself. And then there's this familiarity. Like, do you hear the familiarity in Glennon's letter? How much this thing knows her, mm-hmm. even knowing to just start with like, okay, you know, like, let's go. You want to talk about forgiveness? Let's, it's right there. Mm-hmm. It never went anywhere. We just forget. And then we remember, and then we forget. And that's the dance. And that's worth living for, I think, because it's incredibly exciting. That is so fucking beautiful. And it helps me so much because like describing it as a dance and that's how it's supposed to be. I feel like a scientist who is discovering things, but the thing I'm discovering is always the same freaking thing I discovered a million times before. And like, you're like, Eureka, Eureka. But, and then I'm like, but it feels like I just discovered, like when I'm talking to you about this new situation where I figured out God is in me, I've probably written this six times before. <laughs> that's the splendor of recognition and this this is the gesture that goes with it, it podcasters you can't see but we all have our hands on our heads right now because we're like ay, ay, ay. oh my god there it is and it, it's like this delight you know it's this mm-hmm. giddiness that's the thing it's like i don't think there's enough in our culture there's not enough they get this in hindu shavism they get this in the east they get how funny it is, Mm -hmm. you know, like there's not enough humor in 
the spiritual search in the West. But in the East, it's like all those gurus, they're just laughing all the time. They're like, this is the greatest joke in the entire world. This is the greatest joke. I am God hiding from myself. And then I just remembered. And now I'm enlightened. And then I just forgot. (laughs) And my enlightenment is gone. And then I just remembered. And it's, it's hilarious. It's like- <laughs> So that's how I'm living. I mean, I, so no, I'm not, I'm not constantly in a state. I mean, if I were constantly in this channel, I would never suffer, but that's not what I am. And also maybe that would be boring. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Liz, can you try to get my sister to commit to doing this in a public way? Oh, she's already committed. We had, we had <gasps> this arranged- Many, many lifetimes ago. Oh, oh. <laughs> Can I tell you my honest fear? Yes. Uh-huh. About my writing the letter is I am afraid, knowing myself, that I will be trying to make something that's good mm. or impressive, that those will be my blocks. So, do you have any suggestions for like how to unblock yourself from outcomes so you're not just like, well, I got to end up with something super great. So. Mm-hmm. Well, I think this is a stance you're taking. Okay. This is a stance you're taking that this is how it's going to go. And that's what oh. fear does. Like fear is a stance that just says like, I already know how this is going. Like I know how I am. I already know what I am. I already know how I am. I try to control everything. I'm going to try to make this thing really good. So before you've even tried this thing, your fear, which is the separation from God, mm-hmm. is like, you know what? You, you know, here's, we, I tell you right now, this is going to go, Amanda. You know, you're not ever going to be able to open yourself up to something organically and intuitively like this. And, and the only thing I can say to it is give it a shot. Okay. Can you do without knowing? This is like such a big part of the spiritual journey. Can you do something without knowing how it's going to go? Not um, so far, can, Liz. Not, not so far. <laughs> <laughs> and I have a feeling that love will probably tell you something about that mm. and about how that's okay. I have a feeling that love might very well be like, yeah, it's okay that you're trying to game this. It's okay that you're trying to perfect this. I'm here anyway. I'm here with you even as you're gaming me. Mm-hmm. You can try to do this wrong. But opening up the door with this magical question, you know, let me see. But I, but I would say, and I'll send you the instructions. So on the Substack, I've got these instructions. They're very, very really simple, simple, simple guidelines. Um, and one of the things that, that is helpful the first time you're doing it is that you open the door with, by reading something that feels like mm. divinity to you. Mm. Um, and that can be a, an existing spiritual text. For me, it's, a, it's poetry. So like Walt Whitman does it for me. Um, Emily Dickinson does it for me. Mary Oliver does it for me. Rumi and Hafiz do it for me. I feel like they, they were directly mm. channeling mm. the divine. Like they were mystics who were directly channeling the divine and they were generous enough to leave the door open behind them. Mm. So you're almost drafting in on them. Mm-hmm. So you prime yourself into that state of being mm-hmm. by reading something that feels to you like it comes from that place. Mm-hmm. Um, and then right when you're in that, you get to the last line of reading that and you just write, dear love, what would you have me know? And while that door is open and you can even ask those people to help you, mm-hmm. like to me, Hafiz and Rumi and Walt Whitman and Emily Dickinson and Mary Oliver are saints. They're great saints. Mm-hmm. And you can just say like, hey, can you, can you show me how to get in here? You know, um, so you can ask for help from from great beings. And then the other thing is, I think Abby articulated it beautifully. Be curious. What would unconditional love tell you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What you know? What would it say? Would it say like you've got to you've got to do this perfectly? You've got you know, <laughs> like you can't be what you are. I mean, look how love arrived for Glennon exactly as Glennon is, which is totally different from arriving for Abby exactly how Abby is, arriving for me exactly how I am, fitting itself to to our form. Mm-hmm. And I have a feeling that love is going to show up in the shape of Amanda. 
um, and is going to have no problem with what Amanda is. Mm. That like nothing about you needs to change to do this. Nothing about you needs to be healed. Nothing about you needs to be better or calmer. It just wants to be with you because mm. it just it just loves you, um, just exactly the way you are. And as God says to me very often, I love you exactly the way you are and far too much to let you stay that way. (laughs) (laughs) And that's what we're doing here. (laughs) So I will help you. And you and I made this appointment. There's this beautiful poem by Hafiz, the great Persian mystic, who said long ago, before the earth's crust cooled is how long I think it was. Long, long ago, God circled this place on the map where you are standing right now. You are just exactly where you're supposed to be. And and people want you to do this. They're calling for you. They're like, we want sister. Mm. Um, Because they identify with Mm -hmm. you. Because so many people out there are sisters. They're like, I can't relax. I can't trust. They want to see how love comes to you so they can believe that it can come to them. um, I think that you're going to find it a lot easier than you think. Oof. Lizzie, if people want a community where they can be vulnerable like this, and I mean, it's so brilliant, but how do they find you media in there? Yeah. How do they find Substack? Is it like a website? They just go, they can just go to substack.com and look for my name there. It's like a website that they can look for. Or if you even just probably, if you just Google Substack Elizabeth Gilbert, it'll come up and it's on my website. There's a link. Yeah, it's really simple. I mean, I wanted to keep it as accessible as possible. Part of the reason that Substack is, you know, it's it. I've got two tiers. There's like a free tier because I want to make sure that nobody is excluded from this. So there's a free tier where everything that I create, I share. Mm. So um, you can see my videos and my my comments and, you know, all of that for free. Um, and then for the lowest, I was like, what is the lowest price we can do to join Substack? Cause they have to cover their fees to not be social media because right. they're not getting like social media money. Um, so it's the lowest they would allow me to charge is, um, $50 a year or $5 a month, which really turns out to be like $4 and 80 cents a month. <laughs> and for that, there's a paywall and behind that paywall, you can see the videos of my special guests. And also you're allowed to comment. I wanted to make sure that the comments were behind a paywall because people don't pay to hate. Yeah. Uh, and so, so smart of you. Yeah. It keeps the haters away. So I have never seen a single word on there that is not loving and kind and people are supporting one another and, and they're cheering each other on and they're like, you know, two and a half months in, Every week there'll be somebody saying like, I've been watching this and reading these letters for the last two and a half months, but this is my first one. This is the first time I felt love was talking to me. Mm. Um, and then they'll share theirs and people will respond encouragingly and lovingly. It really reminds me of like early days, mm-hmm. how I felt Facebook was in the early yeah. days, which was like, we're all, lo- we're all this beautiful community here loving each mm. other. So, um, so that's how you can find it. And um, one of the most beautiful letters responses I've seen was from this woman who said she's got... Um, severe anxiety and she also has severe chronic pain and she's finding that when she writes herself a letter from love right before she goes to bed because nighttime is always worse for people who are in pain emotionally and physically Mm -hmm. um when she writes herself a letter to love before she goes to bed she's able to go to sleep Mm -hmm. um so that's why i keep asking you how you felt in your body Mm -hmm. after you did this because it really does something to you physiologically Mm -hmm. it's not just a cute little game we're playing it's really about saving our lives and bringing ourselves back to our true natures and being together safely while we do it. I love you, Lizzie. I love you so much. I love you guys. Okay. Pod squad. We need to let, we need to let Liz get back to her velvet womb that she's in. (laughs) (laughs) We'll be in touch, Amanda. Yes. Yes, we will. And can I just say, to Glennon and Abby, thank you both for doing something that like seems so impossible before you do it. Mm-hmm. And then after you do it is like, why did I ever think that would be hard? Yeah. Like, but just thank you for doing, thank you for doing that and for sharing it with people. It's, it's going to help so many people. Anything for you, Liz, really. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. We love you, Pod Squad. We will see you back here next time. Bye. 
If this podcast means something to you, it would mean so much to us if you'd be willing to take 30 seconds to do these three things. First, can you please follow or subscribe to We Can Do Hard Things? Following the pod helps you because you'll never miss an episode and it helps us because you'll never miss an episode. To do this, just go to the We Can Do Hard Things show page on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, or wherever you listen to podcasts, and then just tap the plus sign in the upper right-hand corner or click on follow. This is the most important thing for the pod. While you're there, if you'd be willing to give us a five-star rating and review and share an episode you loved with a friend, we would be so grateful. We appreciate you very much. We Can Do Hard Things is produced in partnership with Cadence 13 Studios. Mm-hmm.